Welcome to the ICFM Leadership Podcast, where we focus on empowering, equipping, and leading. We pray this message will bless and inspire you. Good afternoon, ICFM ministers. This is Daniel Galtieri here in beautiful, sunny Miami, Florida. I look forward to sharing with you today about the benefits of the supernatural in ministry. Enjoy this message. We need to live our lives in the supernatural. Amen. We need to have the power of God moving in our lives. We need to have the supernatural working in our lives. You know, and I, I, I learned that early on when I first became a Christian. And that was in 1971, a little ways back, huh? It was during the Jesus movement. I didn't know it was a Jesus movement. I, I was in the Jesus movement, but didn't know I was in the Jesus movement, you know. Jesus just got a hold of me and uh, uh, went to a Bible study, and they were talking about Jesus. I was Catholic, never had a Bible in my house. The Bible in our house was on the coffee table, nice big old coffee, t- beautiful Bible there, never read, never looked up, never, never opened up. Or but Then they started talking about the Bible there and uh, talking about Jesus, and my ears were opened up. I went home, and I bought a Bible, began to read the Word of God, and I got saved through the Word of God. Amen. So I've been hungry for the Word. I was saved through the Word. My life has been, been groomed by the Word of God. And uh, it has been that way ever since, you know. And God's Word has not returned void, shall prosper that way He sent to do. Amen? And as, back then, you know, I, I didn't... All I, all I knew was about the Word of God. I didn't know people from Word of Faith. But I knew the Word. And I started uh, reading the Word. And... Uh, just started doing the Word. I never planned, I would never plan to be here or be in a place of ministry. I could, you can't plan that. You can't make that happen, you know. But I just began to obey and do the Word. And I found in the Bible where Jesus said what? Go to all the world and preach the gospel. So what's the natural thing you're going to do? You're just going to go do, you know, in my environment where I was, and my friends, I was so excited, I got saved. We were gathered together on Saturday afternoon. It was always in the garage where we were working. And uh, around 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we started passing the reefer around, okay? <laughs> it's, a, it's a natural thing for me to do. I was so excited, i got to tell these guys about Jesus. So we're all gathered in around, and, the, and they're passing the reefer around, and the reefer comes to me, and I pass it to the next guy. He takes a swift, and I'm talking to them about Jesus. He takes a hit on it. He says, praise the Lord, brother. So... That was my introduction to share. I was just simply sharing from my heart what had happened to me. And I thought that that's what everybody was supposed to do. That's it. That began my lifetime. And just obeying God. And uh, from there, I was introduced to a church called Maranatha. And uh, started participating in that. And again, they had an evangelistic team. And we went, uh, and the pastor went out with us. He was a, he was a Marine, an ex-Marine, but he loved the Word of God. That's where I met Eve. And uh, uh, he took us out one time door to door, and I went out with that team. And then afterwards, he says, you guys, just go do it. So I went out. I memorized a couple verses, all right? And uh, we went knocking on the door, and knocked on the first door, and began to share, you know, we're here to tell you about the love of Jesus. And the guy says, I'm an atheist. So I had memorized the scripture, and it said, 
You, uh, you know, sir, the Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. <laughs> Boom! He slammed the door. And I had memorized another scripture. We walked out to the sidewalk. We just kicked the dust. I said, guys, let's kick the dust off our feet and go on to the next one. That began our door-to-door campaign. But we finally, we came into a household, and there was a bunch of children in the house. And they came to the window, and we led them to Christ through the window. And then they invited us in. We began to read and have a Bible study with them. I didn't know nothing. I was just doing what the Word says, right? And then then we came upon the part in the Scripture where the Ethiopian eunuch was being baptized, and they said, well, why can't we be baptized? I looked out in the back. There's a pool in the back. I said, okay, let's go do it. We made it happen, all right? We went out there. We baptized them. They came up speaking in tongues. They came to church. There was great revival in the church. Ain't that great? And I thought that's what everybody did. I was just going what the Bible said to do. I never thought about being an evangelist. I just was doing what Jesus told us to do. And then finally, uh, after maybe a year or so, the, the, our past, the pastor that I was part of the church, he says, well, you have something special, apparently. And uh, I just would like people just to leave me alone. You know, I don't need to know that, all that stuff, you know. But yes, okay. And so they said, okay, come on. And uh, we're starting a Bible school. So I became part of the Bible school there. And there was a uh, brother from Africa who came. And I became his host. And he was a very outstanding evangelist in Nigeria. And he invited me to come. And so uh, I, uh, I finally got my ticket, went over there. And in those days, you know, I, again, I, I didn't know. This was in 1977, okay? Um, I didn't know what to expect. He invited me to come. And back then, we had no internet. All we had was, what do you call those little things? Aerograms. You'd send them over there for 44 cents, but it'd take six weeks to get there. You know, so I thought I'd send it on time to him, and I'd, and I, and, but I had been fasting and, I, and, and, and seeking the Lord. I was, on, I was on one meal a day for 40 days. One meal a day for 40 days. So I, I uh, got on the airplane, landed in Liberia. When I landed in Liberia, I was glad I had fasted. When I showed up there, there were bullet holes in Monrovia in all the windows at the airport. And we were met by the police, by the uh, by machine guns, you know. Uh, welcome to our beautiful Liberia. So that kind of introduced me to what I was, uh, why I was fasting, you know. Well, God will always prepare you ahead of time if you listen to his voice, right? So then from Monrovia, got to Nigeria, was in line. They were, and, and you know, you're going before the port authority there, and they're sending all these people back. And uh, they said, you, you, you can't come into the country. So I got up there, and the guy started giving me a hard time. He said, well, I'm going to send you back to America. And in a split second, I thought about all those meals that I had just given up. I'm going to give a fight back here. I had fasted, and you're going to give me... And I began to say, listen, I came over here, and we're here to help the people here, and I'm here to tell people about Jesus. I'm making a commotion there, okay? And then you want to send me back? And the guy looked at me and said, how many days do you want? 30? I'll give you 60. Get out of here. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so from there, I was expecting my friend to be there. He wasn't there. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to get where I'm going? He's not there. So I 
took all my luggage, threw it on my back, and they pointed me over to the domestic. In those days, you know, in, in the 70s, there were not, I was the only white guy in the whole, in the, in the, in the whole place. So uh, they, people were very friendly, and they helped me, and there were long lines to get in the, onto the airport, into the airplane, and, but they made a way, and I got to the next destination. So I expected him to be there, and he was not there. He was not there. So I said, what am I going to do, God? I really need your help. I need. So I said, well, if you, and I remembered that where he'd lived, he lived in a city called Uyo, and they said, well, if you go to Calabar, you can fly to Calabar and get a taxi or get on a bus or something to Uyo. So I decided to go to the next destination, but the plane didn't come until the next day. Okay, so what I did, all these taxi drivers, there must have been 50 of them, they wanted to take me to the airport. I said, no, I ain't no I'm going nowhere. So I slept in the, in the airport. Now, their airports aren't like our airports, okay? The, 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 the lizards are like alligators, okay? They, they're huge. And so I slept with one eye open and one eye closed and through the whole night, and, and God made a way for me to get to the next place. And at the next place, I thought, I don't know where I'm going to go. And, and they said, well, here, there were some businessmen that came, and I talked with them, and they said, oh, you need to go to Uyo. My driver will take you to, the, to put you on the bus. So I went and got on the bus and finally made it to my destination. We need to have the supernatural in our lives, you know. That became my journey. And it was there that was in Nigeria that I began to see the supernatural of, uh, work through the Word of God. Okay? I was preaching. It was one day that I was preaching. And uh, I was invited now to come and to speak within a minister's conference in a city called Ekorekbene. And I was there and uh, one of the guest speakers and I went up and I began just as a simple message talking about the indispensable value of the Word of God. God's Word is like a hammer. God's Word is like a sword. God's Word. And I just gave a very simple message. But the, there was a woman that was sitting next to the pastor's wife who had a blind eye. And that blind eye opened up in the name of Jesus. Can you praise God for that? Hallelujah. Being newly acquainted with these things, I was just as surprised, and I was excited. Then I said, how did that happen? Thinking to myself, began, and then just beginning to study God's word more and more and more, and getting the word, spending time with God, I began to see how the supernatural began to work, okay? And it was through his word, just acquainting myself through his word, memorizing the word, meditating on the word. And, and, and I saw the value of that. I began to see the value of that. Marrying the uh, Word of God with the Holy Spirit working in my life, uh, I began to see many, many souls come to Christ. I remember the first message that I, that I gave while I was in Nigeria. I didn't know what I was going to say, and I saw a, a bumper sticker that said, Jesus is the bridge over troubled water. That became my message. Jesus is the bridge over your sickness. Jesus is the bridge over your, over your sins. Jesus is the bridge over your disease. I didn't know how to close the meeting. My friend had to come. <laughs> Hundreds of people came to Christ. Huh? Those were the days. I cut my teeth there in that. All right. 
But I realized back then that I needed to have the supernatural. I need that. We need to have the power of God. We need to have, and you shall receive what? Power after the Holy Ghost have come upon you. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea. And I realized not only in those cities, but in Africa and Mexico and other places I've gone, that we need to have that Holy Spirit power in our life in order to communicate this gospel in, in, in Jesus' name. Amen? So I applied myself to that and began to see God move as I studied his word. And I'm just, thinking, I'm just going to share with you a, a, a few of the testimonies, some of the testimonies now through the years, because now, after 40 years, I've been to a few places, okay? I've learned quite a bit to see how God moves. I know that God stands behind his word to do it. That he will perform what he says. And my responsibility here then, and our responsibility as ministers, is to communicate this gospel, and God will do what he says in, behind his word. So my responsibility is is to prepare myself and put myself in a position where God will flow through me. I have my responsibility. God has his responsibility, right? And I just need to do what my responsibility is. Now, there's three kinds of business. There's God's business, there's other people's business, and there's yours business. God will take care of his business. Other people's business is none of your business. And the only business you need to concern about is your own business and what your assignment is. We learned last night that God's going to fulfill his purpose, but we just need to fulfill the assignment and find out what the assignment that God has given to us so that we can fulfill that assignment because Jesus found out what his assignment was. He became the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world, became our substitute, and here we are. So we need to find out what our, what our assignment is. And that was my endeavor to find out what my assignment was. I have to discover what my assignment was and then communicate that message and, and, and communicate that evangelistic message, bring forth that gospel. I began to see God's power demonstrated and, and lives being changed. And I remember one time while I was in Mexico one year, I just want to share with you, I, we've had lots and lots of healings and lots of miracles. But I remember I, share, I would share the message, share the word, and make it make a clear message to people understand uh, what God will do, what His promises are, and sharing the stories. Like I would share the story of Jarius, and share the the story of the the woman with the issue of blood, and share the story of the centurion. And this would build faith. And when you go into countries like this, the, you know these people they don't read the Bible, they don't they don't know what the word is, and and so you know you've got to communicate that message, and you've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost moving in your behalf, so that that anointing will flow and be imparted to them, and they will believe in. And you can do what God, you know, what the Word says. So I was sharing, and, I, and, and the anointing was there, and we were, it was time now. I gave an, By this time, I learned how to close the mess meetings, okay? <laughs> this time, I learned how to close the meeting. So we invited, invited the people up, gave an invitation for people to receive Christ. Had, we'd always have many, many people come to Christ, and then we'd always give an invitation for healing, and the people would come up. We'd lay hands on them. I began to lay hands, and in the, in the, in the altar was all filled up, and there was a... a an older man with his children, they brought him up, and he was blind. And so I'm walking, laying, you know, you're laying hands, praying for people. It finally got to this man, laid my hands on his eyes, commanded those eyes to see in the name of Jesus. And I said, open your eyes. What do you see? He said, nothing. Okay, I said, well, praise the Lord. Okay, and I said, come back tomorrow and, and believe this. Delay is not denial. Come back tomorrow. So he came back the next day. Uh, there he was in the back of the line at the end of the meeting. I went and I laid my hands on him. And then I command those eyes, and I spoke to the retina, and I spoke to the other parts of the eye, and uh, I learned all this by reading, too, you know, reading books that you do that, you know. 
by this time, I've, let, read, I've read all of T.L. Osborne's book, and I've read E.W. Kenyon. And Flynn, I said, if it worked for them, it's going to work for me too, right? So just do it and read the Bible. You know, Jesus did it. So Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that what? That believe shall what? Cast out devils in my name, speak in other tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, I believed it. I went and I laid my hands on those eyes in Jesus' name. I command, I'm expecting those eyes to open up and they're for the power of God to move. And I said, okay, now open your eyes, sir. And explains that to him. And he opens his eyes. I said, what do you see? He said, nothing. Can't see. I said, come back tomorrow. <laughs> come back tomorrow. Delay is not denial. During the meeting somebody was beginning to stand up in the back of the church, okay? And I didn't recognize the person. He's looking all around, looking all around like this, looking all around like this, okay? And I thought I had this happen to me before, that this guy was going to cause trouble, okay? Because I've had people come who are demon-possessed into my meetings and cause trouble before. And I started thinking to call the ushers to keep their eye on that guy because I wanted to make sure he didn't cause no trouble, all right? And so at the end of the meeting, come on, everybody's coming up to receive for me to pray for them. And this man, again, from, comes forward. Well, here it is. That was that man. And he came up with his children, and his eyes were open. He was healed, all right? And what, I, what he was doing, he was looking at the lights, he was standing, hadn't been able to see the lights, and he, hallelujah. And then his children began to tell me what happened. He was sitting on the porch, and all of a sudden, his, he began to see, and he start, he's starting to count the cars. He can see the cars going back and forth, and he would just sit hours on the porch, right? And then his, 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 he, he would go into the bathroom. They only had one bathroom in the house. Children were telling me that he would spend hours in the bathroom, and they asked, Daddy, 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 we need to use the bathroom, Daddy, Daddy. And he went, what was he doing in the bathroom? Well, he was looking in the mirror at himself because he was excited. Now why? Because he could not see, but now he can see. Hallelujah. And then from that experience there, many people come to Christ. Amen. Amen. That's the deal. That's the deal for me. That's the most exciting part. And that's the greatest of miracles, right? Hallelujah. We need to have the supernatural in our life. We need to have that supernatural. And we need to prepare ourselves so that God will use us, right? We need to be in the right position. You know what? You're all in the right place at the right time to hear the right thing, the things that you need to hear today in order to sharpen your ministry so that you'll be in the right place at the right time so you fulfill the assignment that God has for you. Do you all believe that? Amen? I believe it. I believe it. And I believe his word. There's a recipe for God's power and blessing I'd like to share with you. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 119, and we're going to look at 145 through 148. And the psalmist is saying, I cried with all my heart. Answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statutes. I cried to you, save me. And I, will, and I will keep your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry in prayer for help. Now that, ha- that has been the recipe for me. Finding that relationship and exercising that and developing that devotion and relationship with God. 
You know, every, every morning when I wake up, I know that I need God's help for the things that I'm going to do today. You all know that, right? Every day, you, uh, God, I, where I find myself, where the things, the places that we've been, my wife and I, because God, God has sent us, our assignment has been primarily outside the church. When we first began our ministry, when I first began my ministry, we would go to Chrome Refugee Camp. The Chrome Refugee Camp is where the people come, and they come from all the different nations, and they would let us in community to share the gospel. And we would send people would go back to uh, Pakistan, all times, all places where they didn't have nothing, but they had one of those little gospel cards, right? So we'll find out in heaven, you know, that how that seed reproduced itself, amen. But we were made our, we put ourselves in the position, in the place where God will do miracles. You got to put yourself in a position where God will do the miracles. So we put ourselves where the need was the greatest and there were less people doing it and where nobody wanted to go down there. But that's where I got acquainted with a lot of the Haitian people in the Haitian community because the Haitians were coming in and the Cubans were coming in. And you all look at, you know, to me, Miami, that's the best harvest, that's the best mission field in all the world. God has planted us there. And so we, began, we, we, we put ourselves in a place, in the position where God could use us, and we began to see souls being saved. And that was back in the, in the 80s that we did that, right? But I need help from God. I need help. God, I need your help. I need you, Father God. I need your power. I need your, I just, you know, just from reading the word, this, you know, developing that personal, we need to have that personal relationship with him. You need to have that personal time with God. You need to have that partnership with him. You need to be in his presence. So there can be an impartation of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit of God in your life that will flow from you when you're speaking, when you're ministering. Amen? Amen. And I need that. I need that every day. I need that every day. We need that every day. Amen? Amen? Amen. We need that every day. I love this psalm here. I cried with all my heart, and I cry with all my heart. You know, I usually the first one up in our household, and, and we have a two-story house, and so I can cry with all my heart in my house, all right? We used to have five children. We still have five children. They used to live in the house. They used to live in the house with us, so my crying had to be confined, but now I can cry, I can shout, I can sing, I can praise him. I cry to you, save me. And I will keep your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry in prayer for help. Amen. I have found that the, the, the recipe for me is to, to get up early, to get up early, and to get before the presence of God. I discovered that I'm willing to give up a little sleep to gain the treasures of God's word. Amen. Are you willing to give up a little sleep? Don't let sleep control you. But give up a little sleep. Wake up in that, you know, and, and, and there's just there's something about there being everybody else is asleep. All the demons are not functioning or working in your area. And, you can, and this, they're, you're, the, the atmosphere is charged with the voice of God. And we, I be, you, you know, you, you, you've got to agree with me that early in the morning, my wife and I, early in the morning, all these songs I've been singing in the, in, the, in the day begin to come into my head and I begin to seek, I begin to wake up, and I begin to sing them. I rise before dawn and cry in prayer for help. I wait for your word. You know, we need to wait for his word. 
We have to, we're the ones waiting on God. God's not waiting on us. We are waiting for his word. And we wait on his word. We wait until God speaks. Because there's lots of other voices going on out there. A lot of things that are going on. We train ourselves to what? To wait on his word. And I've trained myself, and I do that. I wait on his word. I meditate on his word. I've memorized the word. I want to know the word. I want to make myself an expert in the word of God. Don't you want to make yourself an expert? You know, the Bible says that we, in, in, the, in the book Song of Solomon, that they made themselves experts in war, all right? And they had the sword on their side, right, which is the word of God. We need to make ourselves experts in war, in the word of God. We need to make ourselves experts in word. We, in the word. We need to know where the scriptures are for healing. We need to know where the scriptures are for salvation. We need to know where the scriptures are for prosperity. I believe in prosperity. How many of y'all believe? And I don't believe it because somebody else, I found it in the word. I put it in my heart and I speak it out of my mouth, all right? I found it in the word. I'm not dependent on anybody else. I found it for myself in the word that it's God's will for me to prosper, for my wife to prosper. And like everybody else, they got to me too late. I believe that healing is for today. And that at the, the apostles ended, it didn't end. It got to me too late. What am I supposed to tell that blind man that came? No, I'm sorry, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be healed. You know, you're, you know, go back and be blind. No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe in those things. I believe in those. That's, we need to make ourselves an expert in the word of God. We need to train ourselves to put everything through the filter of God's word before you listen to it. Before you receive it. You know, Before you receive it. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Because we don't apply ourselves to God's word, meditating on his word, spending time in his word, getting that word in our heart, speaking the word, you know that we, we in, in the apostle Paul tells us, he says, we're not supposed to be tossed to do and fro by every wind of doctrine, but we're supposed to, but everything, you know, we, put everything you hear through the filter of God's word, and then you're going to fulfill the assignment that God has called you to. I mean, we need that supernatural, I need that supernatural power Working in my life. Here, here's another. Here's, you got to get this book. You haven't got this. The, the, the Devil Next Door. My wife wrote about a man who owned the house next door. Okay? And I went over to share the gospel with him. All right? I went over to share the gospel. He wasn't very nice to me. All right? And he was rebuilding the house. He didn't know he was rebuilding the house for me and my wife, but he was rebuilding the house. All right? So he began to do crazy things. You'll read that in that book. And he began to shoot out my windows and he began trying to kill me one time when we were uh, talking with him. And we had to call the police reg regularly on him. And people in the neighborhood were saying to us, why don't you just move? I said, I ain't going nowhere. Why? Because we have dominion. Amen? So this man, he began to torment, call my children nasty names. And, and, and then every morning, this is true, every morning, he would walk his dog and have the dog defecate in my driveway. Every morning. Every morning. I'd have to go out there. And you know, there were a lot of thoughts going into my head right then, you know. I would like to take that defecation stuff and throw it back in his driveway. I would like to do more than that, but I just couldn't. I didn't think that that would be the res good result. And the Lord just said to me, he said, you know, again, you, 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 you got the word of God working in your heart, right? If I'm spending time, I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to believe God to fight for me. I'm going to, believe, I'm going to be led by the Holy Ghost, 
and I'm going to get a better result. So anyway, this went on and on and on. Uh, he got arrested, and Eve would go down in her prayer time, and she would point to the house. He says, the wealth of the wicked has come into the hands of the righteous. And she'll, t- she'll tell you that she said, you know, that that house is going to be, we're going to use that house, the resource to put our children through college. Okay? We did that. This went on for a period of time. And then finally, one day, the police came knocking at our door. And my wife called me up and said, you need to come home right now. The, the sergeant, the police is here. But the police here says, well, Mr. Nelson is no longer with us. And I said, and and they suspect you, and you are one of the suspects in his death. (laughs) You got to get up early in the morning. I tell you what, we got to, we need, I need the help of God. You got to be ready and prepared. And I need God. So I, be, I got up early. I've been getting up. I getting up. I spend the time in the Word. Okay, I came on home, and the police said, "Yes, sir, you are one of the suspects." But we want you to know there's about another fifty other, you know, other people who are suspects too. There's a lot of other people who would like to have that man killed. All right. Then later on, my wife calls me again, and she said, "The ex-wife and the daughter of the man next door want to talk with you." Come on, I come on home, and we walk in front of the house, and they, they said to me, we'd like to give you the house. We fixed the house up, and the house put our children through Barry University, University of Florida, and, and we thank God for Mr. Nelson now, you know. <laughs> the supernatural power of God moved on our behalf. In all these testimonies that I share today, we see God manifesting on behalf of his people. God loves people wants to help people and bless people and heal people. But we need to do our part also. Remember the recipe of faith. Spend time with God. Study his word. Hide his word in your heart. Speak the word out of your mouth and walk it out every day. Thank you for listening. I trust that this message has been helpful to you and has elevated your faith and your ability to believe God for Holy Spirit supernatural manifestations. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. ICFM is an international fellowship of faith churches and ministries. If you would like more information on our fellowship and what it has to offer, then please visit us online at icfm.org. You can also take advantage of our resources on our ICFM app available on App Store, Google Play, Amazon, and Roku. We pray God's blessings over you as you continue to lead forward.